all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet's 2019 Oscar Primer. As always, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. And as you know, this is our third Oscar primer of the Oscar season. These episodes are designed to bring a bit more of an analytical look at what some are calling the classy pictures, the prestige pictures, the awards contenders, if you will. Um, and some that are considered to be big players in the upcoming awards season as we lead up to the 91st Annual Academy Awards on February 24th, 2019. The film that we are going to be priming you for on this episode is First Man, the Neil Armstrong biopic directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, Academy Award winner already for his direction on La La Land. Also directed Whiplash. Really two uh, excellent, excellent, excellent movies. First Man was also written by Josh Singer, who, just like Chazelle, does not have a lot under his belt in terms of filmography. He wrote The Fifth Estate, he wrote Spotlight, and he wrote The Post. So that's a pretty... <laughs> That's a pretty strong pedigree for being as short of a list as it is. Uh, and it has some of our biggest, well, I don't want to say biggest stars, but some of, of, of our most popular stars in it. Obviously, the main show is Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong, but also we have Claire Foy from The Crown as Janet Armstrong, uh, who is Neil's wife and the mother of his children. Jason Clark as Ed White. Kyle Chandler as Deke Slayton. Corey Stoll as Buzz Aldrin, Shea Wiggum as Gus Grissom, and uh, Syrian Hines, or I believe it's Kieran Hines as uh, as the as what's his name Bob uh, Bob Gilruth, who is uh, the first director of NASA's manned spacecraft center. A lot of good stuff happening in this movie. A really different David, and and obviously this is a big big point of conversation, but it's a really different type of historical space movie, if you want to call it that. Um, it really focuses on Neil and Janet's relationship, Neil as a person, as a stoic person, and, and one might say an emotionally cold or emotionally closed off person. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think it really does show the hardships and just how freaking terrifying it was to be the first people going into space. Uh, and I think it does a really good job of that. Um, but as far as overall storytelling and plot, wh what do you got for us? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's a Neil, Neil Armstrong biopic, right? Yeah, well, and I think as you read about what Damien was trying to do with this film, he was trying to tell some things that maybe weren't known as much about the whole mission. Sure, And everything in the NASA program as a whole. Um, and so I think because of that, you know, if you're going to go a different direction, you really have to show kind of the harsh side of everything that led up to it. And so whether it be the amount of people that died um, to make this possible, whether it be even just slight hints, I felt like, of was this even worth it, like type of thing. Sure. And, and kind of leaving you walking away questioning, was it worth it? Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I, I feel like... You had that aspect of it, of the NASA program and the, t the toll that it took, not only on Neil, obviously, our main character, um, but everybody around it. 
um, yeah. and his family and his relationship there. And so you saw a different side of it. I mean, normally when we've gotten space movies about whether it be exactly online with real or slightly fictional mm-hmm. um, tellings, it was always a, a grand story, a drama of accomplishment with tragedy mixed in, all those types of things. If you think of like Apollo 13 and other ones like that. Perseverance. Um, Perseverance. There, there was always some warm fuzzies or at least some, some gratification at the end. Sure. Um, And I don't know that this film really set out to do that as much. You know, I think each person can walk away from it in their own way. Some people will, will see it as still gratifying at the end. And I think a lot of people walk away from it kind of, feeling like it was a downer interesting so that's an interesting take and i and i don't feel like it's entirely wrong so you saw this movie earlier than i did it took me a couple of weeks to catch up which i'm very upset with myself about because this is one of my most like anticipated films um and all of your and i don't i struggle to call them criticisms you know because ultimately you know you enjoyed the film ultimately we both enjoyed the film i think i enjoyed it more than you did but that being said i think what you what you pointed out is this is still a story of perseverance mm-hmm. but the big thing and i think it boils down to one key word here i think the big thing that is missing out of first man that you get in like a from the earth to the moon or in apollo 13 is romanticism and i don't mean that as a negative um sure. i mean that as just a general there is a certain romanticism when you look back at great achievements in American history or even humanity. There's a certain amount of, um, in hindsight, where we can look back and we can say from where we are now, God, that was a great thing. You know, look how great it was. Doesn't it make you feel great? Listen to the trumpets blaring and the music and the glory and the glorious shots. And this, like you said, Damien Chazelle had a real different goal with this. And to me, ultimately what I remember it is what I remember it being is the goal was to show just how damn terrifying space travel was and could be and how insane that it was and how crazy it was that these guys were putting themselves in what amounted to a tin can with computers on it to get to the moon um, and I think he did a really good job of it. I think that with, with from that, you, you know, you're still talking about a story of perseverance. You're talking about hardships, not only scientific hardships and loss of life that happened um, during the program, but you're also getting the hardships of what that does to a family. When someone such as Neil Armstrong, who is, uh, you know, as we mentioned, um, depicted as relatively emotionally closed off. Um, who focuses purely on the mission, purely on the goal of the objective, right? At the cost of the relationship with his kids, at the cost of a a, uh, a tougher relationship, if you will, uh, with his wife, Janet. And I think that that's really interesting. I thought that they did that really well. And I think that Damien Chazelle comes in from a director standpoint and really brings that, really <laughs> Brings that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That intensity to kind of everything, you know, um, from, and, and I don't want to get too far off, but uh, to me, the thing that stuck out the most were the, were the space 
sequences. Um, and I think that they do juxtapose interestingly enough with the intensity that it's felt at home. But most of the space sequences are shot from within the spacecraft. You don't get a lot of wide shots of the spacecraft. The entire moon landing is shot from within the spacecraft. And it really, I mean, it got, I got sweaty. And that was one of the things, David, is when I was watching this film, I was anticipating, like, is this the kind of film that's going to make me sweaty? Is it going to get an emotional reaction out of me, even though I know the ending? Hey, surprise, we land on the moon. Shocker, you know? I know what's going to happen. And so from that point, this is just another example of how Damien Chazelle is able to ratchet up tension like that guy works with tension. So we think about whiplash, mm-hmm. right? Think about La La Land, not so much tension, so to speak, but emotion. That guy knows how to work emotion, even from an, uh, <laughs> an emotionless character. Would you agree? No, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, Damien obviously does a fantastic job, in, in, and I think those are the two more because La La Land is so whimsical and, right. you know, that um, this is more back to the feelings that you got, I think, in the movie Whiplash where um, there was such tension um, in something as simple as playing the drums. Playing the drums. Um, but in this in this film, I think you're, you're right. I think the, the scenes to me that resonated the most were were the space scenes but at the same time this is a heavily i would say acted movie from that standpoint so um obviously i think the one that and this kind of is skipping ahead a little bit but claire foy and all the scenes at home um with the armstrong family are Mm -hmm. just you know resonate so much to me but i think getting back to damien i think the 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 tension that he creates and the way that he makes you feel that this is as dangerous as it actually was and yeah. and probably still undersells it <laughs> from that standpoint if we if we were being real um, but I think it it does it takes like you said it takes away some of the you know ah oh, we went to the moon and the all the ro- romanticism of it like right. you mentioned earlier and focuses on just how intense this was and and all and i mean it it shows all the people that died even to get it and not a lot of people really think of that when they think of us landing on the moon they don't think of all the people that died before that sure for us to even go up there sure absolutely and and you did mention something um about uh, when 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 we had our conversations about it the 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 camera in this film is oftentimes very close Mm -hmm. it's very claustrophobic especially when you're shoved into that little tin can of the apollo command module or your the movie opens in the cockpit with Armstrong in one of those jets. I can't remember which jet it is. Um, the X-15 when mm-hmm. he's testing and he starts skipping off the atmosphere and it's just like, oh shit. But it's all done within the confines of that jet. Mm-hmm. And then you had mentioned where even the home scenes, they also contain a very claustrophobic feel. There are a lot of very close-up shots. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of handheld shake. It gets shaky. It's shaky in the spacecraft because the spacecraft be a shaken, yep. right? But it does get shaky at home as well. And I think that's on purpose. You you talked about it. What was your – I forgot what you had said about it. That, hey, maybe we don't need to shake it so much, right? Was it something to that effect? Or yeah. Or am I misremembering? Yeah, I, I think for me it was some additional it, – it's felt overdone a little bit. 
at home for sure. for it to make it feel so much like space because obviously they're very different situations. Sure. Obviously, there was tons of tension. I can only imagine um, at home with everything going on, uh, with everything that happens to them with their daughter. Uh, but yeah, it seemed seemed like to use the same filming at home um, as they do because when you're at home, you're you don't have that sense of closeness and maybe that's what he was trying to get off that even at home neil armstrong felt claustrophobic as he did on, i think that's exactly what it was on, yeah on the uh, spacecraft or as as um stressed i mean for lack of a better word as intense you know you got the intensity of space travel and then you have the intensity there's one scene where he shows up he's he's all battered from a crash and then he packs his shit and leaves again and mm -hmm. it's very shaky mm -hmm. and i noticed it and I can only I can only think that that is done on purpose. Sure, absolutely. Um, but that kind of leads more kind of into the the performances. Uh, as you said, this is this is a performance driven film. I mean, it is it is very much a film that is driven by its director and its lead actors. Mm -hmm. As much as Damien really really juices all of the intensity out of the moon landing which mm -hmm. he does and in a way that I had never really considered before the performances of the lead actors from from Gosling all the way to Jason Clark to Kyle Chandler they feel real they feel lived in and uh, to me it was interesting because you typically when you're looking at astronauts I mean I think I don't know. What's the best comparison to this? Apollo 13? That is the last sort of historical space movie that we got? Yeah, I think, I think that's the closest one that was actually based on... Like real on events and real, real events. people. And that was Tom Hanks. That was sure. Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, our best actors acting. And even, you know, you got Tom Hanks talking about... Giving, giving these romantic, you know, speeches at the end of the film is, you know, you know, we've been to the moon and when will be go when will we be going back and stuff like that. Whereas in this film, Neil Armstrong and Ryan Gosling's performance as Neil Armstrong is very reserved, and I think that that's a bold choice. I think that that could turn people off um, because you're taking the natural charm and charisma of Gosling and you're putting it behind this this stoic face of I, I don't know determination uh you know focus sure. uh, uh like we've said before being emotionally closed off um and you see it a couple of times you see it come out a couple of times uh when <laughs> one of the one of my one of the biggest laughs of the movie comes from Gosling when uh, Corey Stoll's Buzz Aldrin is talking about, well, I'm going to get to go up in space because these guys died. And everybody gives him a look and it's like, Jesus, Buzz. And he goes, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. And then there's a beat and Gosling just looks at him and goes, maybe don't. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe don't say that. Sure. And that got a big laugh out of my audience. And so there are, there are, those, there are those moments where you see it come alive and you see him come alive. But he spends very much of the movie... Very stoic. And do you feel like that hurt it? Do you feel like it helped it? I, I think it's hard to argue that he did a good job. I think he did a great job. Yeah, I think he did a great job. The The thing that I, and I couldn't really find anything, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't research for hours and hours and hours. But I didn't read the I, book. I did try and go through 
you know, some people's different comments on Neil Armstrong. Cause to me, it felt almost like over the top ice cold from Ryan Gosling. Sure. And I wanted to find out like, was it really like, cause honestly, I'm trying to think if I remember him smiling at all in the movie. <laughs> and that's not me trying to exaggerate. I don't know if I remember him smiling at all in the film. Um, Maybe once or twice. Maybe when he finds out that he's going... Actually, I don't even know if I remember that when he says uh, that he's going to be the one going up in space. Sure. Uh, I don't remember. I remember when he tells uh, Janet, his wife, but I don't remember if he smiles when he finds that out. So, again, I it's, it's hard to be too nitpicky about a performance when it's about a true person, like it's a, based on a true story. Sure. If this is the accurate portrayal of New, Neil Armstrong, if he was really as cold as Ryan Gosling was in this film, sure. then, you know, it's even better of a performance. But I think in general, he did a fantastic job. Uh, I think it's going to hurt. In my opinion, it'll hurt him in the awards only because because there's a lack of emotion in it. There's nothing super memorable for it. We talk about how uh, movies have those Oscar scenes. What's the Oscar clip in this if, one? If there's an Oscar clip in this film, I don't remember it. Um, so when he's crying after the funeral, maybe? Maybe. I think Could it's be when, that he's, one. when he's standing outside in his backyard. And, his, and uh, what's his name? Jason Clark's character comes to him and, so, and he tells him. Do you think I came out in the backyard because I want to talk? Yeah. Like, eh? But again, I it's not I a mean, showy it's, role. It's not a showy role. No. Um obviously the more showy role I think obviously goes to Claire Foy. Sure. Um which I did read up on and uh one of Neil Armstrong's kids basically praised the performance and said that it was like that's mom. <laughs> that was like well, he was just saying that like Neil Armstrong, obviously his dad gets all the the credit and the heroism and all that of kind of course. thing and he's said you know, my mom's just as big of a hero as my dad. Right. Um, and I think that was one of the things that they also kind of portrayed in this film. Um, let's let's call it how it is, at least in the way that they portrayed this. I'm not calling it because, again, I don't know the true story. Of course. And what actually happened in there. We didn't, we but didn't in read this, the book. But in this movie, Neil Armstrong was a terrible dad. Yeah. He was a terrible husband. Yeah. Like, let's, let's call it how it is. Like, we're not going to give him an excuse because he was an astronaut. Like, right. That's fine. He wasn't there. He was focused on the job. He had to be forced to tell his kids he was going to the moon and that he might not might come not back. come back. And yeah, and that sucks. Yeah. And, and in context, like going to the moon, I mean, it's kind of important. Sort of, maybe. We think. <laughs> I think. Uh, I've been told it's important. Sure. But to me, I think so. I think. Claire Foy obviously steals every scene that I think she's that that she's in. Oh, yeah, she's phenomenal. Every, every scene at home. Um, she has the more emotional uh, role. So not that we're getting into predictions of, of what's going to win, but I think if I had to t- compare the two lead roles, because we said this is very driven by the leads, sure, she's going to have the better chance, in my opinion, of winning the award. I think they'll both get nominated. I would be surprised if they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got the better chance, in my opinion, Based off of her performance, like I could pick out multiple Oscar scenes right. for her right. in this film, um, where it's harder with Gosling. Um, but then I think also the the supporting cast is 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 phenomenal. I think Jason Clark's great, so good. Um, he's he's probably the the character. I probably care more about Jason Clark's character <laughs> than I do Ryan Gosling's character yeah. at times. Um, Kyle Chandler's great. I always love me some Kyle Chandler. Good but old Kyle Chandler. He plays that role of. 
the you guy know, in charge. The guy in charge so well. Uh-huh. Um, he's like the he's basically like Coach Taylor for NASA. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like here's the plan. He's got the chalkboard. Lo- love to Corey Stoll though. He he's fantastic as Buzz. To me, he provides a hugely needed like lightness to this film. A sense of of like brevity, like like even though some of his stuff is like extremely messed up, like at least it gives you something you can laugh at sure. in this film. Just in the re- um, in the relationship. Because to it. otherwise I don't know that you're laughing much without Buzz in this film. I can't remember a lot of things I would have laughed at that Buzz was not involved in. There are a couple things. Uh I agree though. Corey Stoll's fantastic and I actually we just I looked up Neil Armstrong, dude, does not smile a ton. All like, let's throw it out there. There's a, a few pictures of him smiling, but but not many. But I was looking up the pictures of the guys who went there, and like, they kind of nailed Buzz. Like, I can't like that's definitely sure. Buzz. Sure. Um, and and Corey Stoll's great in it. Corey Stoll's like really underrated as a that guy, mm-hmm. and he's shown up in in things he was in. Ant Man, he's he's been in things, and he's usually kind of a dick. And Buzz is kind of a dick, uh, and and it works out really well. And it's just filled with other little performances from other you know actors that are familiar. You know, like you have uh, Pablo Schreiber who mm-hmm. shows up as Jim Lovell, even though they don't ever call him Jim Lovell. Mm-hmm. Like he's that's him. They got Shea Wiggum, like I mentioned. They got. Ethan Embry's in it. Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous is in it. Um, really good cast of actors put together to play these astronauts and these space people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to see any supporting actor nominations come out of this. Um, and to me, this feels a little more like... I don't think any of them have enough screen time to no. truly be... and and. And if they do have enough, there's nothing memorable enough about them. Like we talked about in The Star is Born, how, uh, what's his name? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott makes the most of what is a very limited amount of screen time. Sure. None of these really scream that. Uh, I did think of the other part that made me laugh. Okay. One scene that didn't involve uh, Buzz is the initial chalkboard scene where child, <laughs> yeah. Kyle Chandler's drawing. I mean, wheel, saying wheel this that is over here. Drawing it to scale. And and then, yeah, I did like that a lot. He's, uh, it's close. It was, it was pretty close. Yep. Um, I did like this. That's to scale. Check it. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. pretty good. That's pretty good as well. Um, I do have a question. Like, there is... Uh, this film got dragged into the the politics of the time right now because you know people bitched about their not well the American flag isn't in the film. I don't think that this is that type of movie. Uh, this isn't the type of movie that is celebrating flags. This is the type of movie that is showing just how difficult a task this was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you need a flag to do that. I don't think it's necessary. That being said, yes, the flag does show up. It's all over these guys' arms. It's all sure. over NASA. They're pissed at the Soviets. So, yeah. like, chill out. Um, to me, though, the thing that I took away from this in terms of relevance, why is this relevant? Okay, and it's twofold. And we'll talk about – we'll go back to Claire Foy in a second because I think that that's a big part of it. Um, but to me, one of the big things I took away was the perception – 
and the, the public reaction based on the difficulty of the assignment. And I found that really interesting. I found it interesting how when things were going bad, when there was the Apollo 1 accident that claimed the lives of the three astronauts, uh, when there was um, public disinterest, you had protests, you had people on television, well, why do we need to spend the money on this? Couldn't this be going to other things? You had congressmen who, oh, they're not interested in science. They're interested in taxpayer dollars and things like that. And yet when they achieved their goal, you have people cheering, you have Kennedy, they playing the Kennedy speech again, you know, why we do this, not because it's easy, but because it is hard. And I found that interesting. And I thought that that was a subtle commentary on the way that the public maybe and, you know, maybe this isn't a big goal of Chazelle as a filmmaker. But to me, it really took I took away from it how the public is so willing to bail and everybody who's not involved is so willing to bail when things get tough. Now, granted, we're talking about human lives here. OK, so that's making it very, very simple. Oh, it's tough, so let's just not do it anymore. But then when they achieve the goal, when they land on the moon for the first time ever, everybody's celebrating. Everybody, four, They talk about 400 million people tuning in, how great of an achievement it is. And I just found that interesting. I found it interesting on the perseverance that goes back to the perseverance when everybody's telling you to quit or asking why you're doing this to continue moving forward. I don't know. I, f I, I found that to be a bit relevant. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off on a. No, I I, know. I I I I can see what you're saying. I think the hard part with this film, again, to to kind of roll with that is just the sense of like I like I mentioned, and I know it's not a knock on the quality of this film at all because I don't want that to be in, interpreted as such um, because I sure. think this film is one of the best films of the year, but I think. It's hard to walk away from this film feeling a sense of achievement in a sense because it, it feels like was was it worth the cost from that standpoint. And, and you do get the Kennedy speech, which I do think brings home what they're trying to get across mm -hmm. is that we're not doing this because it was easy. This wasn't easy, um, but we do this yeah. because it's hard. Um, and so, you know, pushing the limits, pushing the boundaries is never going to be something that is comfortable. It's never going to be something that is easy. Um, but I still don't think it ever answers the question of was it worth it? Was it worth it? So it, it definitely was hard and sure. it was definitely an achievement. Sure. But I don't think it ever answers the question of was it worth it? And I, and I don't know that it's trying to. No. No, I think that's a whole other conversation because you can get into the advances that were made in transportation technology and sure. communications technology, like the, the the jumps that were made to be able to communicate with a spacecraft hundreds of hundreds of thousands of miles away. Sure. Were just a gigantic leap forward, yep. you know, and propulsion technology and learning those types of things. That's massive. And whatever they took from the moon and came and they learned about minerals and geology and things like that. Yeah. That that go beyond the scope of what you and I, you know, touch on on a daily basis. Um, but I'm always pro exploration. I'm always I would I'd rather throw money into exploration than into a new phone. I'm fine with the phone that I have. Let's go to Mars. But that's me. 
I, I don't. Ha- it's not my billion dollars. You know me, David. I like spending money. I was gonna say I don't know if I believe that. I think you. Uh, I think you would like to buy the next. I mean, I would. Thing. I would, but but if somebody told me, I see your money going to video games, not NASA. Hey, that is. We're talking. We're talking tens and tens of dozens of hours of entertainment. Um, regardless. I think one of the other ways this film is relevant in is that, like like you said, bringing it back around to Janet Armstrong, it really focuses on, you know, the, the aspect of what it was like to be a, a wife for these guys who are putting their lives on the line to go to space and what it was like for Janet Armstrong to try and hold it together when dealing with the hardships that they had. And I think that that is historically... Going back and looking at it, Neil Armstrong, sure, Neil Armstrong. That's it's Neil Armstrong. But then to sort of go back and 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 allow history to to replay in a way where we can, with perspective, with a 2018 perspective, go back and look at what Janet Armstrong had to deal with, uh, you know, obviously speaks to its relevance. Sure, um, but I think. You know, one of the things that I think coming back to, you know, just kind of how people felt about it walking away is the way that we're seeing it perform in the box office because right, it's at, as of November 4th, so not counting this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, it is at 42 million. 42 it opened million. up with 16 worldwide. It's about 87. It cost 59. So it's not like it's going to lose money. Nope. It's, it's going to be fine. fine. So it's going to be fine, but it wasn't like... You know, La La Land. If we're going to Giselle, it wasn't even like sure. uh, if we go back to Apollo thirteen. Came out Apollo thirteen came out ninety five. Sure, did one hundred and seventy two million domestic. Uh, first week was twenty five, but that movie had legs. It dropped only like twenty percent each week. Right. Um, so it's it's interesting to see the difference. But again, I think even if you just and and I know we're talking about First Man, but even if you just compare it to another movie that came out this this year that's you know run in the running for some Oscars and some awards in um uh Stars Born. Sure. You have one that has a depressing ending, don't get me wrong. Sure. But has some emotion and has some feel good to it right. and obviously has great music. Uh that movie is doing fantastic in the box office whereas this one I don't know that I would say one is leaps and bounds ahead of the other as far as quality of film or even quality of performances. Sure. It's just one makes you feel a little bit better and the other one doesn't. And that's just how this movie is. And sure. it's, it's, again, not a knock on the movie itself. It's just going to limit its commercial success. And I think it, I think there might be other factors in that as well. I think subject matter is obviously a factor. Sure. I think there, there are infinitely more people willing to go watch a movie about Lady Gaga becoming See, a pop star. Yeah, but if we go back to, I mean, Apollo 13 made $172 million in 95. Sure. In 1995, that's sure. 23 years ago. So it's not that this film matter can't make movie. Hidden Figures made a ton of money, True. and that came out in January. So it's not the subject matter that takes it away. Again, I think this is just a film that you go and see it. Plus, it's long. It's very long. It is. It's two hours. But and so was Apollo 13. Apollo 13, two hours and 20. But huh. again, it's just heavy. Like 
It is. I don't know many people I've talked to that have said a bad thing about it, but I also don't know another person that said they want to go back and see it again in theaters. I'm going to put my name down on that list. I would go see this shit again in theaters. And I, I know think, you would, but I don't think you're going to. That's no, the thing. No, I have. Well, no. Number one, we have way too many movies to watch for this damn podcast for us to go back and do double Z's again. Um, it's 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 tough. Number one, um, if my dad or somebody who hadn't seen it was like, hey, do you want to go see First Man? I would be down 100%. Sure, but I don't think you've ever said no to any movie true. to go see. It's a fair point. <laughs> also, if they were like, hey, what's out? Would I choose Bohemian Rhapsody or The Nutcracker or, or any of the other movies out over this right now? I don't know if I would. Next week, we got like Girl in the Spider's Web. Would I go see that over this again? I don't think so. I think I would go see, I'd see First Bohemian Man Rhapsody over seeing this again. Yeah, well, I th- I think I'd see Bohemian Rhapsody too. But I think it goes, and again, going back, I think a big part of this is the look and the feel of the film. Going back to the way that this film makes you feel is that this film is still a film about perseverance. This film is still a film about overcoming difficulties, both technologically and in going into space and at home. Um, and and the way that this historical moment affected all of those people around it. Uh, it, it was, to me, honestly, the feeling that it gave me reminded me a lot of the film Gravity. And granted, those are two very different films. Gravity, very different from this movie. That being said, I think there is just something about the depiction of the vastness of space that is inherently stress inducing like there's just something about the opening sequence where the the i don't know what the word is for it but the the altitude meter mm-hmm. is dropping it's at 130 it's at 125 then it stops and then it starts going up again and it's uh neil you're skipping off the atmosphere into fucking space to drift for the rest of your to the rest of your minutes up alive that's terrifying to me right so so it's funny that you brought up gravity because i i would agree the the feeling of this movie is is definitely tension um throughout the whole film it's visceral uh, it's 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 very much so but the difference between and this is just memory. I haven't seen Gravity for a while. Sure. But the difference between the the two is I feel like Giselle uses the camera and the close shots as well as um, just in general the, the story and the writing of it to make attention. I don't feel like the use of sound was used as much as it was in Gravity. Like I remember sure. the back and forth between super loud and just dead silence of space sure so much in the movie gravity and i don't really remember the sound impacting me as much in this film as much as like you know the the way the camera was used especially like like the the close shots um the The, score to some point but i i I remember like even that altitude meter you're so close on gosling's face and then back to the altitude meter and then that like so much is done just in camera in camera um, versus anything else to me that brings tension. Even when you get back, like we talked about the scenes at home, like everything is used so much with camera shots in this that that's the feel that I get from it as a whole. I I, I do 100% agree with you on that. I do think that um, with something like Gravity, uh, you do get uh, obviously that movie is a, is a is a a masterclass of sp- special effects. 
you know, and, and I think a lot of the tension is built in the special effects and the scenario in which that Sandra Bullock is floating out in space without a, a, a spaceship at all, you know? Sure. Um, but with this, uh, when they're in space, it's very quiet. And space is just, that's how it is. Yeah. It's a vacuum of, of noise. Sure. And so that's where the score by Justin Hurwitz, who did the score for La La Land, really kicks in really well as well and it really does do a lot for the emotion i remember listening to the first man score a couple weeks ago and not being very impressed by it there wasn't anything that stuck out to me as like instant instantly listenable it's going on the playlist type of thing but after i saw the film and after the music affected me in the space launch, in the moon landing, I went back and re-listened to those tracks, and they were put into a different perspective and a different light. So I really, really like the score for this film as well, even though it isn't your typical John Williams, James Horner type of score that you get. Like, I get the the James Horner Apollo 13 music. That's space music to me, <laughs> you know? The do-do-do-do-do, like the horns and the trumpets and the, you know, the brass. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's space music to me. And this is very different. Um, and I thought it did a really good job of that. Uh, so with all of that being said, let's break down what we think this movie is going to be nominated for. For the Oscars. Um, I think you get picture, director, that's not, you know, a question. Um, actor and actress, definitely. Yeah, definitely actress. I think, uh, you know, it'll come down to numbers with actor. Again, I just think it's it's just the type of role. It's not the job that Gosling done. It's just the type of role if, if numbers knock him out but it's definitely worthy of of a nomination definitely um i also think you're gonna get editing on this i think the way like you were just talking about the opening sequence with the atmosphere the way sure. that it cuts and builds tension on the screen I could definitely see editing that's some really good editing <sighs> josh singer's got a pretty damn good tracker record right now as a writer and so i think it's definitely going to be up for adapted screenplay mm-hmm uh, visual effects. I don't know that I see it being visual effects. One. Um, obviously, you would think a space movie would be visual effects. I do know that uh, they were talking about how at the Toronto screening, how Chazelle brought up a bunch of people from his production team and talked about all the like old-fashioned movie-making tricks um, that they did to recreate the moon landing. Sure. So there's a lot of things that maybe we as the general public take for granted in that particular part of the movie mm -hmm. um, that may pull on the heartstrings of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of the Academy. Of the Academy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I so, mean, it's little uh, things. Like when you when you get that straight-ahead shot of, of Gosling's head bubble and it's sure. a full reflective surface sure there's no camera in that reflective surface sure it's little things like that sure i think it's up there i think you're gonna see your black panthers your infinity wars for sure but this is a different type of visual effects yeah. it's the type of visual effects that wins oscars it's like the ex machinas and stuff like that so sure. maybe we'll see um i think sound editing and and sound mixing are gonna be in there I, I don't think I just think that this is that 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 type of movie. I am gonna throw in Hurwitz for score 
as a fringe contender right now? Because you got to think like the, the this is who's our front runner out of the three movies that we've seen this far. We should establish a front runner, and I think it's without a doubt a Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. But a Star Is Born doesn't have a musical score, so yeah. it's got songs, but it doesn't have a score. So I'm putting Hurwitz up there, Academy Award winner. Um, and then I'm also putting cinematography in there as well because there are some gorgeous shots in this film at home. There are a lot of uh, throwbacks to the movie The Searchers, the way that you're looking at a widescreen, but the sides of the screen are black and the shot is framed within a doorway. And it's meant to isolate, you know, to give you a feeling of isolation. And I think that that's done on purpose. And I think that that's obviously something that as a film nerd, you know, we pay more attention to and whatnot. But there were just a couple of really, really breathtaking shot composition in this film. And the way that the film looks, I, I, I just think, I think cinematography is going to be part of the equation. As I mean, well. I think the thing is right now, I think a lot of these i could say absolutely right now but that's because we're still getting to we're early we're building the bulk it up of the oscar movies i think you'll see quite a few of these weeded out um before all is said and done okay um i'm going to i'm going to make a prediction that it's nominated for like 5 or 6 interesting total. interesting maybe up to 7 seven's my ceiling for it i was going to say about 8 right now we have it i have written down 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 Eight, nine, ten, eleven. That I think conceivably it could get nominated for, and I don't think that the ones that it gets bumped out of, it'll get bumped out of because it's not good. I think it'll just others Agre- will be better. Ag- agreed. I, I don't think I think it easily could be nominated for the the ten or eleven that you have sure. listed. Um, I just think it's not over the top in any of those that it's like oh you know forget it like sure call sure. it now game over i think its strongest category of all of them in my opinion is actress okay i think that to me is their is their best shot for winning again i think it'll win more than one award I think it'll most win a likely few of these. um this but, is the kind of prestige film that cleans up technical categories unless they go black panther in this case sure um but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put the over for me at let's say I'm gonna put the over at nine. Okay. And you're gonna Bold. and you're saying anywhere between five to seven. Yeah. I think okay. I think I think seven is is where I could see it. Okay. All right. Interesting. I think that about does it for first man. Do you feel do you feel accomplished? Do you feel a sense of <laughs> Do you feel the sense of a? We landed on the moon. As if we landed on the moon. Uh, before we wrap it up, everybody, I want to remind y'all that you can subscribe to the Popcorn Diet for free wherever you're listening to us. Do us a big favor, hit that subscribe button, and get these episodes delivered to your device on a weekly basis. Also. We want you to be a part of the community. Join us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. Be part of the conversation. And as always, you can find all of our reviews, all of our latest episodes, Oscar predictions, and articles on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But 
for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And that will do it for the first man Oscar primer episode. We will see you next time with another Oscar movie on the Oscar primer miniseries from the Popcorn Diets. Adios.